Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello everybody, welcome to the Leeds City Varieties. Please welcome a man who's been backflipping his way onto stage. It's Richard Herring. Not as good as last week's audience, I have to tell you that. So, uh, blimey. Uh, lovely to see you, thank you for coming back this week. Uh, welcome to... Richard Herring's uh, Leicester Static Traffic Podcast. <laughs> Pretty cool. You'll find out more about that in a second. Uh, but uh, I was on the All Creatures Great and Small Yorkshire Dales tour uh, today, and uh, a man with his hand up a cow's bottom uh, said he called it Rahalastapa. So it's a. Uh, how lovely to hear the old Creatures Great and Small hand up the bottom joke. I've never, never been able to make one before. Uh, it's nice to have one. Um, yeah, look, it was. Uh, I, I genuinely didn't think I was going to get here today. We uh, there was a really bad accident on the M1. We set off at midday. We got we got to, from Hertfordshire uh, and we got to Leeds at just after six. Uh, so and we would still be on that road. We we were just sort of stuck for about two hours, just edging towards Leicester Forest East. You know, it's a fine, 
fine. It's a fine service station. And Beck, my tour manager, was saying, look, if you look on the map, there's a back entrance or exit out of, uh, out of the, 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 the service station. I said, that won't, if, if that's the, we won't be able to get through there. That one won't work. Just, we should stay on the road. And she insisted we got off. We both needed a wee by this stage anyway. So we got off. The, the, the service station was packed. The people were saying, yeah, apparently it's not going to be clear till half past six. So I'd absolutely thought, Right, that's it. Then we're not going. We're not going to Leeds. It's all over. What a disaster! Uh, but we went the way Beck said, and then she took a secret left instead of a right, and there was no traffic at all. We got onto the M1 on the uh, the correct junction, no time at all, and we made it. So I'd just like everyone to give my tour manager Beck an amazing round of applause for getting us here. Uh, otherwise, this would never have happened. I said to her, yeah, "If this goes wrong, you're fired." Uh, but because it went right, it means she can do one thing that she would get fired for, and I can't do anything. So I'm quite worried about what that'll be, because I'm not the easiest person to tour with. She'll take a revenge. Uh, you may know I give all of uh, the guests a, uh, a mug that's exclusive to the guests. It says, I was a guest on Rahalastaba. Thank you. Uh, but uh, we had to rush out the car park. I stuffed these in like in a, in a camera case. Hello, camera. Uh, and uh, this one broke. Uh, the one for Amma's bro- is broken. Bad luck, isn't it? I thought, thought about just giving him any old mug. Uh, and um... <laughs> um... <laughs> but I've got a, I've got a exclusive. <laughs> I've got an exclusive signed broken mug. If anyone, would you like it? Would you like that? Sick on eBay, mate. Right, uh, let's crack on. Uh, my guest this week, he's probably best known for playing the blind busker in Love Soup. Will you please welcome Emma Latif, ladies and gentlemen? I'm out the way. <laughs> I'm sitting down. Emma Latif. It was brought on by a mysterious lady. <laughs> who was the, who was that? Who was? The, the, who oh, was wouldn't you want to know? I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's Raya like uh, fire. Okay. Yeah, I'm hammer like hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a system. It I'm, is, I'm isn't not... it? <laughs> I hope she's there when I finished. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm heading straight out there, so I'm just leaving you here. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there's any one of those ladies out there that wants to guide me, feel free to come oh, and guide me. Nice. You know, very nice. Uh, what? Tell us about uh, being in Love Love Soup. Was that a t- uh, film or a TV? Oh, it was TV like a, a, t- a BBC TV series. And uh, David Renwick, right? Yes, and it was with the lovely Tamsin Gregg. Yeah, and uh, I had I played this part of this busker, and I'm sat with the guitar and uh, playing away. And, um, and, and, and she comes to try to put some money in my little box. Yeah. But she drops her purse. And I, all I'm hearing is this lady's picking up my stuff, out, all the money out of my box. <laughs> and I stop playing. And I'm like, excuse me, are you robbing me? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, sir, no, no, sir. And then I actually uh, get my cane and I'm running after her <laughs> in this program. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and, and quite rare for a part of a disabled person in a TV show to be played by a natural disabled person. So that's... Yeah, well, uh, it helps. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> but it does help. But, you know, that's how you win an Oscar well, if, you, if, you are, if you aren't disabled and play a disabled well, person. Well, actually, um, when I was uh, younger, I, I did a bit of amateur dramatics. 
And I went to my first gig and um, the producer said, you know, how will you manage? You know, like you're blind. How will you know how to walk around on the stage and know where everyone is? And I remember saying, look, um, I'm an actor and actors pretend to do things. I tell you what, I'll just pretend I can see. (laughs) (laughs) So I just counted my footsteps in each direction and no one ever actually knew that I was blind. Yeah. Actually, I like your bald head. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We took a photo beforehand uh, and he he reached up and said, oh, you're much smaller than I was expecting. You, You sound like you're tall. It's because you, because Richard's got such a wonderful voice, you know, and it seems like it's projecting. Yeah. And my arm went up there and it just blew past him. I sound like a giant. That's what I sound I like. like a... Oh, hi, hi, Richard. <laughs> so I just need so... to make sure I've got the right eye line here. <laughs> you do. You do very well. So look, uh, for people who don't uh, know, could you t- could you tell it? Could you just? T- I mean, I know you've told this story a lot of times, but yeah. could you tell? So you, you were told when you were like a very small child that that you were there was a chance you were going to go blind or that you were you were going to go blind. That's not true. No, it was when oh, I was sorry. sixteen. You tell the story. Okay, really. All right. Um, too much sex makes you go blind. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, yeah, that's I, all right. I wish it was something exciting like that, you know. <laughs> I was once in America and I said that, and this lady just shouted, "Yeah, that's true. It's personal sex." Yes. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm definitely evidence that that is not the case. So, <laughs> as I've gone all the way around past infinity and come out, I can sort of see through things now. Oh. <laughs> well, you look good to me. Thank you. Um, Um, no when I yeah when I was about six years old the doctors broke the news to my parents that by the time I reached my mid to late teens I would become incurably blind and I remember growing up I was losing my sight a little bit so I was wearing these thick glasses the NHS glasses Um, and then I remember around the age of 18 I woke up one morning and I couldn't see this poster at the end of my bed um, and I just thought it was a bit of morning fuzz so I I closed my eyes and opened them again and all I could see was this thick white cloud and as I looked around the room everything was just like misty and I couldn't see and I remember that day I was walking around uh, you know bumping into tables and chairs and I couldn't see the faces of my mum and dad and my brothers and sisters and I realized that that this was it, that I was now blind. But I remember thinking, like, I didn't want to be blind. You know, I just wanted to go back to bed and wake up and be my normal self. Yeah. But the reality was that, you know, my life had changed forever. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing for anyone to cope with, but someone at that age as well, that, that where life is, you know, beginning and you're about to kick off into freedom and independence. It must have been, you know, doubly hard. Well, it was, it was hard for a little while, but soon you realise that the world doesn't wait for you, you know. Um, everyone, the, you know, everybody's around and, you know, everyone's 18, 19, dating, you know, getting jobs, going to the cinema. And I was there in my bedroom, like as a prisoner in my head as well. And I realised that, you know, we've only got the one life. So I just started to get out there and I thought, you're blind anyway, you know, what have you got to lose? <laughs> and as I started to take my first few steps, things were hard. You know, I'd bang into things and people had so many preconceptions about, you know, what blind people can do. 
My mum and dad would say like, you know, don't leave the house unaccompanied and all that. But within a few months, like I just got on with it, you know. Um, my dream was um, to be an accountant. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought, and I thought blindness is not going to stop me, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I remember, because, well, there was a reason why I wanted to be an accountant. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Like when I was 12 years old, I fancied this girl in my class. And when she was asked, like, what she wanted to do when she grew up, she said she wanted to be an accountant. Right. <laughs> so I thought accountancy was sexy. Yeah. Look, I can, I can prove it. Is there any accountants in the house? Uh, y- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. Um, I mean, for most people, I think the, the, the good thing about going blind would be they wouldn't have to do maths anymore. That'd be, that'd be the, that would be the one. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the, um, my teachers, that's what I wanted to study, math, yeah. stats and finance. Very particular. Um, and my teacher said, look, you know, you're blind now. Um, do you want to study something easier? Like, you know, English or history? But I, but I, I just, I wanted to be a sexy accountant, right? <laughs> Nothing was going to stop me. So um, I, I couldn't see the numbers. So I just got my textbooks and lecture notes recorded onto cassettes. I mean... I don't know, you're probably too young, Richard, to know what cassette is. Yeah, I'm very young. I'm, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was hard. Um, and, I mean, I got people to, um, you know, re- read for me. And um, these cassettes, like, I'd press play. And after five minutes, I'd end up falling asleep. <laughs> you know, and feeling so more, much more confused than when I started. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but eventually things started to work for me. And... Um, I built up enough confidence and I thought, right, you know, I'm not going to tiptoe through life uh, and be wrapped up in cotton wool and live in a protective box because people were saying that I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. So against the wishes of my parents and lecturers, I just headed off to Canada by myself. And it was amazing. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of astonishing. And like, yeah, everyone must have been against you doing it. But for you to make that decision to say, I'm going to go traveling on my own. But you see, the thing is, when you hit rock bottom in life, it is tough, but it's amazing. That's what makes you actually do something about it. So if your life is like meandering along, it's hard in a way, you know? I feel so sorry for all these sighted people, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But but yeah, like, um, so when I went to Canada, like... It was one of the best years of my life. And I learned that, you know, if you dare to push your limits, your world becomes bigger. And that's the kind of principles that I've been going with. You know, I'm just think I'm blind. What have I got to lose? Yes, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it is, it's, it is a great lesson for everyone. It has to be said in, the, in that you can, you know, you're not limited. And people, I mean, people think they have limitations of all kinds, right? And they think, and they think there are barriers. And it doesn't, you know, it, do, it doesn't... It might not be a physical thing, but they they think I can't do it. But you, you, if you give it a go, that's yeah. the only way to find out, I suppose. Absolutely, because I think all of our challenges that we have are relative to ourselves. Yeah. So you don't have to have a disability, you know, a physical disability or any kind of disability. You know, people have all kinds of challenges and, um, you know, ha- applying that mindset, um, you know, I think is really important. Yeah. Uh, I know how it is for you because uh, 
some of my some of the audience will know this because I have mentioned it a couple of times. I have aphantasia. Well, that so, sounds sexy. It does sound sexy. I'm blind on the inside. Oh, really? Yeah. So I can see, but I can't. I can't think of. I can't imagine uh, things. So I'm, I've got mind blindness. I think it's pretty much the same thing. And I'm oh still. Oh my god! I. Uh, I feel. Yeah. I feel for you. You should do really. I really feel for you. So sorry. Uh, could you just explain? So, so if I close my eyes and try to imagine an object, I can't see. I don't see a, an image of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, can I do this thing on you then? Yeah. Can you close your eyes? Yeah. Right. I'm so handsome. <laughs> can you see that? I've still got, just because the, the, the light was shining me, I've got the outside of your, <laughs> of your head and just on my eyelids. Um, I, I can sort of, I, you are very handsome. I, and I could, uh, maybe no one's told you this. No. I, uh, but uh, I don't think I have. <laughs> I think you must be visually impaired as well. <laughs> But no, I can't, I can't call it to mind. I can still sort of get... A, I have a sense of way, the way people look. So I can yeah. sort of... Know, I, know what my, I know what my kids' faces look like, but I can't, I can't, I can't bring them to mind. Which, if you had that as well, I'm presuming you can pull up mental images, which, again, is, but having been sighted for a while, it must be a different experience, again, from someone who's, who's never had sight. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean... I genuinely feel for you because, like, I suppose you can see, right, in real life. Yeah, that's, that's um, all. That's it, though. Yeah, that's it. I can just, oh God, I can just see everything. So I can terrible. see everything. I mean, I'm going to... I know, I'm could, not showing off, but I can see. You could be getting, I can see. You, you could be getting a, a disability living allowance. Well, I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> People don't take it seriously. Well, I do. Thank you. I'll contact my social Thank worker you. on Monday and have you signed up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, <laughs> but I mean, for me, um, you know, I, that is such an important thing. Yeah. You know, like you said, I could see up till I was 18. So when people describe things to me like a beautiful orange sunset, like my friends do, I'm actually building that picture in my head. So when... Must be I, nice. I, I, so <laughs> It is. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> um, it is. Honestly, it is. I I do feel for you because, like, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, actually, I've got a question for you. So, when you're yeah. reading, do you do you ever bother with uh, things like audiobooks? Then, yeah, I do listen to audio. I, I'd read and I look at this in audiobooks until lockdown. I didn't even know I didn't have mental images. I just yeah. found out in lockdown that I didn't have mental images. I sort of assumed I did. And then I tried to make some, and then I realized I couldn't do them. Oh, my goodness. Is that the first time you found out? Yeah, yeah. So I just assumed, I guess I thought everyone thought the same way as I did. So when someone said visualize something, I kind of go, okay, I close my eyes, and I'll think of my wife. But I'm not, I can't see her. So is that, was that your excuse not to get excited? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right if I can see her. If I'm in a different room, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah, because, I mean, so, so if you were to read, for example, I heard you talked to the lovely Corinne earlier on yeah. about the Fifty Last Shades week. of Grey. Yeah. Like, so if you were to read the audiobook, would you not get turned on? <laughs> I'm, no, I, Sorry, no. it's a bit personal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, would, I, I probably wouldn't get turned on by that because I think it's a bit weird. But I, uh, I you know, what, what, I, can, I can still, I can still, you know, it's not, it, maybe it isn't as bad as being blind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a think about it. 
Yeah, going to decide well, by the end. I think they're very close. I mean, if I was blind and I had aphantasia, that would be the worst, right? That's just like, then you're just in a world of darkness. Well, There I must suppose. be people who have that. Yeah, well, people don't actually realise this, but majority of blind people can actually see something. Right. So, like, I can see, for example, some lights. Um, it, it's not black. It's like looking through a thick cloud. Um, and, you know, I've, I was walking in Snowdon recently and uh, visibility was down to very little or nothing for me anyway. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, I guess it's just like that when people describe all you can see is like fog. Yeah. And, and that's what blindness is. But most people can see, but only about 25% of people are actually born blind right. where they can't see anything at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting, and it's you know you've 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 become this sort of uh, you know, ambassador for 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 this you know uh, well you you started up this travel company as a result of of your of being like told you weren't allowed to travel right that's where that's where it came so old old company saying that they wouldn't book yeah. you into things yeah I mean after I uh, was a sexy accountant for <laughs> seven years yeah. I had money in my pocket. I wanted to see the world. And uh, when I approached mainstream group tour operators, you know, they, I faced rejection. You know, no one would uh, accommodate me as a solo uh, blind traveler. And I was told that I needed to bring a carer. And I thought, blimmin' hell, I'm a young professional. I don't need a carer, you know. And it just, I just felt so restricted. And they said that even if you do bring somebody with you, you wouldn't be able to go on any, um, you know, excursions like walking, tours, skiing, sailing. And all that left me feeling really powerless, you know, and I started yeah. to feel the world closing in. Um, but I was determined, you know, I was so determined that I wasn't going to let that stop me. You know, I thought, okay, you're blind and you want to see the world. Well, find a way to do it. And I realized that if you want something in this world that doesn't exist, either you do without or you've got to build it yourself. Yeah. So if I wanted travel to work for me, I had to change the way travel works. And in, yeah, in 2004, I created Travelize. Oh, can I do a sales pitch? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Just where I wanted to bring it. <laughs> um, so no, Travelize, it's a, a, a world's unique international tour operator that takes groups of blind and fully sighted people on holiday and we bring them back too. <laughs> you know, if they pay is enough. Um, and so, so basically, most people on the trips don't know each other um, and that's part of the fun because each day we partner a fully sighted person with a different blind person and in return for guiding and describing the sights, our blind traveller, uh, our sighted travellers go for half price. So you'd go, actually, I don't know how much I'd charge yeah. you. <laughs> Did you say you're almost blind? <laughs> I can experience it at the time, but I can't, if, I, if you want me to talk about it later, I think we would. we'll be yes. in trouble. Yeah, yes, so we would want you to talk I could, about it I could, I'd take three-quarter price for that. Yeah, I think you could do <laughs> three-quarter price. But, but yeah, we have so much fun on these trips, um, Rich, because, uh, you know, we, has anyone been to um, Italy, Sorrento? Yeah. Has anyone been to Pompeii? Yes. Yes. Has anyone been to the ancient Roman brothels in Pompeii? <laughs> oh, a few? Just one person. <laughs> it's probably just you and me. Um, so we were stood outside with one of my 
tour groups of blind and sighted and we were just stood outside this um, brothel, as you do. And one of the sighted travellers, she happened to be this lady in her 60s. Uh, <laughs> you know, she works for the UN. And um, she was just finding it really difficult, you know. Um, and she was struggling to describe, you know, how shall I say it, these uh, explicit frescoes, you yeah. know, above each door. And... And I, I heard her say to her young 23-year-old visually impaired partner for the day, um, Jenny, do you fancy a cup of tea instead? <laughs> and I heard Jenny say, no, actually. I wouldn't mind having the frescoes described, please. <laughs> and, and I must admit, I enjoyed the description myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have so much so much fun on these trips and um and i'm really excited now we're actually gonna announce tomorrow can i announce tomorrow? yeah oh god this is becoming a nice sales pitch um so tomorrow um tomorrow we're gonna announce that um travelize is gonna be working closely with hf holidays has anybody heard of hf holidays oh yes to one person brilliant <laughs> so we're gonna be working with hf holidays right. and um i'm gonna continue to drive travel eyes forward because i'm so so passionate about it yeah but it's, you know it's, it's it's something that i guess a lot of people wouldn't think about and if they did think about it they might think well what's the point in blind people going on holiday they can't see anything but then you know it's but you know yeah. but it's but it but it's but it's the, 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 there's so there's more senses than sight obviously and you know there, there is a point obviously to, to doing it so it's it's, it's yeah, well terrific. i always think richard that um you know what's the point of going sights, uh, going on holiday sightseeing when you are sighted. Yeah. <laughs> because, because like these days, correct me if I'm wrong, like most people will just get their cameras out, take a few pictures, move on, yep. you know, for that perfect Instagram shot. <laughs> yeah. But when you're blind, you're actually really in the moment. So like if we were on a trip together... Um, you know, well, uh, with your problems as well. I need to see how they work <laughs> together. But, um, but, but you would, you know, describe what's in front of you. You'd be forced to engage with what's there. Yeah. And in that process, you'd be gaining a much more vivid idea of what's there. And I'd be building an idea and, you know, we'd be touching things. Like when you're in Egypt and you touch, um, you know, 3,000-year-old temples you get a buzz, like you're touching this thing that was created back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use all your senses. So, you know, we're cooking traditional Tuscan farmhouses. We're out there in South Africa getting pissed in the vineyards. <laughs> um, you know, we're out in Peru on, uh, on Lake Titicaca where these indigenous people live. And when I take my tour groups there, um, they've never met a blind person before, but... Um, they've made these little models of their islands that our people can feel. So I think the, one of the greatest things I get out of traveling is, you know, connecting with humanity that live, you know, in a totally different world from yours, but you're still the same. Yeah. No, it's amazing. And you've ended up going skiing and going skydiving and well, I've, flying planes. Well, I've gone skydiving, but uh, not on purpose. <laughs> I just happened to uh, be going to the loo and um, <laughs> accidentally opened the wrong door. Um, and then there I am, my guide dog's flying out there with me. And how do I know when I'm about to hit the land? 
when the lead goes slack. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a guide dog, okay? <laughs> Just in case there's some Not dog anymore. lovers Not here. anymore. Not anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't like skiing, so I'm surprised you'd want to go skiing. But is, is it true you want to fly solo around the world? Is that one of your ambitions as well? How did you find that out? I, you know, I know everything. It's a bit embarrassing you. to say. It seems like a, a pipe dream, doesn't it? But yeah, one of my um, aspirations is to fly around the world um, independently. Um, but if anybody wants to join me, <laughs> I haven't found any takers yet. Um, but it'd be a pleasure. But but yeah, I just feel the technology's there, yeah. Rich. You know, like computers talk, like my iPhone talks to me. Um, you know, technology is so advanced that I think that, you know, why not? Um, you know, I could fly the plane. I mean, half the time, uh, you know, the pilots aren't even flying the plane. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, well, you know, but, but, the, but that's sort of the story of your life, isn't it? And where it's led you, just this, why can't I do this? I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and do this, is to these incredible places. So and you, you've obviously done a lot of broadcasting. How did that, how did that go for, you know, what, what, was the, what was the moment that, that saw you kind of first asked to do TV? Well, as <clears throat> back in 2004, I was um, being an accountant. And, wow, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, God, I'm giving a huge plug to accountancy tonight, <laughs> aren't I? Um, <clears throat> and then one Friday afternoon, I get, a, I get an email from the BBC asking if I wanted to trek 220 miles across Nicaragua. And I thought, we, well, yes, why not? And so they were wanting me to join a team of um, 10 other people with different disabilities. And we had to work together as a team. And uh, Nicaragua, if you don't know, I'm sure you all know, is in Central America. So we went the narrow part of Central America. So we went from the Atlantic coast to the Pacific Ocean. And I was pushing a wheelchair um, through 40 degrees dense heat in a jungle um, and then across a shark-infested lake <laughs> and up a 5,000-foot volcano um, to make it to the finishing, finishing line, to the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> but, <clears throat> but the best part of that trip was each time, like there was, we started off with 11 people and there was only seven left in the end. <laughs> Um, don't worry, it wasn't the crocodiles. <laughs> it was it was us because we were getting hungry. <laughs> um, um, no, uh, they, they're all fine. But each time, like someone couldn't make it anymore, we were obviously really sad. But um, that was the only time we were allowed to drink a bit of rum. <laughs> so it was just like, it was so good. It was like, sorry you're going, but yeah, let's get the bottle open. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience. So I guess that was, that was the first time. Yeah. Um, I remember it was so incredible. There was, it took us a month to do and I wanted to give up. Um, it was just really difficult. And we were up on the volcano and we slept on the shoulder of the volcano. We spent like a night out there. And they said, look, Hammer, you know, if, you, if nature calls, wake somebody up. 
You know, don't go to, don't, don't, don't try and find the edge of the volcano yourself, you know. And so I was in a tent with Adi Adepitan. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's in a wheelchair. And so he basically, I wake him up at two o'clock in the morning. I says, Adi, I need to go. And Adi's like, oh, do you mind if I just um, direct you from the tent? <laughs> and... I'm like, well, okay, well, you're the best offer I've got. <laughs> and so, like, I started walking out and he's like, 11 o'clock. No, 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 1 o'clock, you know. And had he got it wrong, I would have um, fallen 2,000 foot into the um, shark-infested lake. Oh, wow. But you know what? You, you think, wow, you know, I'm more of a danger to myself in my apartment. Um, like... You know, I'll be in the kitchen and I'll forget that I've left a door open, like, a, um, you know, kitchen door open. And I'll just like go down to get something and I'll suddenly crash into the side of that. Yeah. And there'll be blush, blood gushing out. I'm like, Jesus, you're not even out in a park or something. You know, this is embarrassing. Um, but yeah. But I'm not completely fearless. No. No. You do seem to be. I'm not because... I mean, people read the, the stuff on the internet and think, oh my God, this blind guy is a bit crazy. He's fearless. But do you want to know what really scares me? Gone. Animals. <laughs> I, I, I'm so scared of animals. Like, I don't care if it's a guinea pig or a rhinoceros, right? <laughs> it's the same. Like, I know that if I was to reach my hand out, like one end is full of teeth and the other end... Well, we know what the other ends feel of, right? Yeah, so it's, it's, it, I would say that animals, like, you know, it's just, I'm just so frightened and it's so embarrassing sometimes. Like, I took my tour group out to, um, you know, Florida and we were in SeaWorld and this man just said, like, look, do you guys want to come and pet the stingrays? And I'm like, well, I thought the clue is in the name, you know? <laughs> stingrays, isn't that what killed Steve Irvin? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think I'm pretty much justified in my fear of animals. Yeah. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I mean, what I what I love about you, and what I think what's what's what probably makes you know is one is one of the things that makes makes you like um, very good on on TV as well. And to talk about these generally is that you treat this with with humor. As we're seeing, there's humor all the way through this. It would be easy to spend your life feeling sorry for yourself, and you know, even if you were going out and doing stuff, how important is as is humor been to for you personally as well as for educating other people? I suppose I think sense of humor is amazing you know because i think that people feel very you know uncomfortable with the, if you've never met a blind person before or someone in a wheelchair like y- you don't want to say the wrong things mm-hmm. i think everybody's hearts in the right place but they feel uneasy about it so humor is great because it just like you know there's a ah moment like oh my god he laughs you know so it's fine <laughs> yeah you know so it just relaxes everyone and i guess that's what probably helped yeah you know um and life can be tough you know like you know don't get that impression that i'm always you know positive like there's moments when you're not but you know we all have to find our own ways of finding um you know getting back up to being positive again for me it's like maybe going for breakfast or a coffee with a friend you know working out in the gym then i feel a little bit positive and then i have these thoughts of oh i'm gonna go and fly a plane now <laughs> yeah it's you know it's it's easy to be angry isn't it and it's easy to be angry if if you feel i mean some a, di- a different person would be angry that life had dealt them this hand and you know and and let that bitterness kind of soak yeah. through them so but it's there's no point in doing that is there there's 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 not because we just have one life and this is it and um you know you and me rich we're moving on aren't we we are <laughs> and uh i mean we don't have many birthdays left <laughs> sorry this is getting depressing isn't it sorry is this the kind of inspiration you wanted <laughs> are we in a suicide pact yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't but, mind yeah, but <laughs> you don't mind. I don't mind if it, oh God. We can go together. Let's jump oh, I'm into a volcano. Now. I'm frightened now. <laughs> um, no, but like, yeah, life is short. And so, you know, you just have to make the most of it. And I found that, you know, if you can be happy, um, it makes life go by, you know, so quickly and yeah. easily. And um, it, yeah, it just puts everyone at ease. Yeah. And you, 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 I thought you were pretty cool, I have to say, with all this stuff. Uh, then I found out you're present at the Ramblers. So, uh, is... Oh. Uh, is, that, is that affected my image <laughs> now? Like, now I Look, don't think you're cool. Rambling is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've moved up in the world. Accountancy was sexy, but... But, yeah, no, I, I do like to ramble. Um, no, um, walking is just amazing. You know, I absolutely love it because... You know, when you're out there, okay, I can't see the views, but, you know, when I'm walking, I'm feeling the ground below my feet. You know, I, I feel the sun on my back. Um, you know, I hear the birds. You could smell the wildflowers if it's that time of year. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, if I can't see a beautiful view, that's fine because I can do what you can't do, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Let's we... all kick the disabled person. Oh, so, yeah. Let's all kick down. <laughs> which is... Um... <laughs> I can, yeah, sorry. Um, I can get, I can imagine what things look like when people describe it. So when people yeah. are describing a view, it's almost like I've got this clear canvas and someone's drawing something with their words. And, you know, because like we've established that I, you know, had sight, that just creates such a beautiful image for me. It's like a lovely I feel bad saying all this because you're missing out. But, uh, but it's, it just, I, I feel so engaged, yeah. you know. And it's the same when I'm um, watching movies. Um, you know, the first movie I ever watched that was audio described, which is actually my favourite movie of all time. You'll never guess what it is. Uh, I won't. No, don't even try. Okay. Um, it was Pretty Women. Wow, okay. You know? absolutely loved it like you know and i i thought like in a movie you're supposed to get bored half the time like because i didn't know what was going on but you know in the movie it's like back at the hotel vivian is sitting on the bed with nothing but a tie on <laughs> and then later my friends told me that she wear, wears boots as well right so we need to correct that <laughs> Right, I'm going to ask you a emergency question. Oh, God. It's adapted especially for you. Oh, no. Have you ever sensed a ghost? <laughs> well, actually, as the first part of my life was sighted... Yeah, you see... You yeah, I, when, I, when I was about um, 10 years old, we were sat in the living room with all my family and extended family, and we were talking about all these, like ghosts and voodoos and you know all these types of things like having a a round table with with the glass thing on it and summoning up the ghosts yeah. and I went to my room and honestly like I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a red light and I thought it was a ghost and for years I was frightened <laughs> of the dark so I, I I think I can say that I did see a ghost yeah was it yeah. just the smoke alarm <laughs> uh, it probably was yeah but I was so convinced yeah you know and my brother was like he was sleeping in the same room so it couldn't have been but um but it, it really I genuinely believed it was and it impacted me for years to come but I'm okay now I think good they're probably not real I guess when you're blind yeah when you're blind um the beauty is that Nothing really frightens you that much. Like when, when I could see, I was scared of going on roller coasters. Like my sisters would um, often go on the roller coasters and I'd pretend I had a sore stomach. But when you become blind, you don't actually get frightened. You don't get frightened of the dark. You don't get frightened of heights. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. I strongly recommend, just, <laughs> you know, taking that next step. Yeah, we could give it a <laughs> You're almost there. Yeah, I'm nearly there. Just do it. <laughs> so let's, I want to talk about your OBE, if you're an OBE. Oh, We've had oh a couple yes. of OBEs on, but not, you know, it's a... It's a... <laughs> is that, 
Thank you, old, bold uh, <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, who, who gave you your OBE is, is what I always want to know. Well, um, I, I don't know because it's going <laughs> to... <laughs> it's it's going to happen in a few weeks. Oh, is it going to happen? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Um, I just talked about it too much. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to the I palace. thought you were saying I don't know because you couldn't see him. Is what I was like. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying... <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I probably, going... I probably still won't be able to tell you <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Okay. But yes, um, on the 2nd of November, I'm going to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. If it's the and... Queen, then you'll have sensed a ghost. That's what I'm going to be. So look out for that. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's so, I mean, it's so brilliant, obviously, and so it must be very exciting. It is. Um, you know, but I guess the main thing is like a lot of people have helped me. Or I know it sounds a bit cliche, but you know, when you're blind, you're relying on a lot of people along the way. And you know, all those people that I think back to my uni days, and you know, during my professional corporate days, and through television, um, you know, a lot of people have actually helped me. And and it just feels it feels good. Like, and yeah, it feels good that I've achieved it. You know, I am proud of myself you know, for, for, for doing it, you know, it does feel good. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it, but it also, I mean, it's very well-deserved. I think your stuff, it feels, you know, it doesn't, it feels like you're just doing this and it's, it is a good example for everyone regardless of, of their own personal circumstances and it doesn't feel, you know, preachy or anything like that. It just feels, you know, it feels like, look, uh, this is what you can achieve if you set your mind to achieving stuff. And so it does, you know, as well as all the, 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 the stuff you have done with charity and everything, it's incredible. You, you, were, you were, when I was booking you for this, you were just about to head up Mount Kilimanjaro. So I presume you've been up Mount Kilimanjaro? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take ages? Because then it probably was. Oh, my God. It was, it was hard. Like, um... You know, at the beginning, it's, it felt great. Like, it just felt like walking up in a British forest. You know, the sun was kind of shining and we were walking along and suddenly you'd hear weird sounds, you know? And um, then you knew that you were in Africa yeah. and, you know, someone would say it's like a flying squirrel or, or, a, or a blue monkey. they just make it up, you know, because I couldn't <laughs> see. Um, but yeah, um, it was brilliant. We went up through the forest and into the grasslands and... Um, you know, it was tough. Like, I had not um, practiced at all. I hadn't walked much. Yes. And um, so my legs were tired on day two, <laughs> you know. And then when we got to the, near the top, at the last um, point with the huts, we were in this room. We walked all day. We had a few hours to rest. And then at midnight, we were making for the summit. And I was in this room with, um, with 12 uh, guys in bunk beds. And I needed a wee and the toilets were so far away. And I thought, what shall I do? So I took a, sh- a shiwi with me. Okay. So these 12 guys are sleeping in their bed and I'm stood in the corner weighing into this thing, right? And I was so glad that someone told me that you expand it because otherwise I'd be getting splashed back, you know? <laughs> and of course, it needed to be expanded, right, Richard? <laughs> For the obvious reasons, yeah. you know? <laughs> So but yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. You went up at you went to the last bit at night time, right? Yes. So does that does that give you an advantage over the? Uh, the... <laughs> it, it 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 does to some extent, but they did have torches. You right. know? <laughs> I did think about taking out their batteries, you know. <laughs> 
Is that just because of the heat that you can't go up in, in, in the um, daytime? No, it's, 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 it's because of these sighted folk. They want to see what's called a sunrise okay. at the top, you know? So we have to walk uh, at midnight, and um, it takes about seven, eight hours to get to the top. Right. And I'm, I just thought it was a bit overrated, you know? I would have personally liked to have a sleep, have my <laughs> breakfast, and then head up. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really tough. The oxygen level at the top is um, 49% less oxygen than at the bottom. And no one was talking because they couldn't speak. And so I'm like, duh, duh, duh. It's, it felt so depressing at that point. It was so bleak. And we were just marching. We were doing the Killy March. And, you know, they say, go pole pole, which means slowly, slowly. So imagine you're really tired, you're hallucinating. No one's talking, and you're just going up this incredibly steep climb. Um, and, but, but then you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm almost 20,000 feet um, above sea level, and I'm at the, almost at the highest point in Africa. And there's no life there. There's no flowers there. Um, and it just felt so incredible. And it was so cool. I, I was just so in the moment. It just felt like... I'm not supposed to be here, but I am. Yeah. And I just loved it. And um, then we made it to the top. I was with a lovely team of people. Um, and then, you know, then, then we had to come back down. <laughs> <laughs> just on a toboggan all the way down there. Right? So the, the coming down is nice and easy. Um, I'd say the things I love, I love about you are, you know, the, the, like you did MasterChef and they asked you to do MasterChef and, you, and your problem with, doing MasterChef was you said, well, I can't cook. That was, the, that was the reason you turned it down. Yeah, well, <clears throat> yeah, the bosses of um, BBC Celebrity MasterChef contacted me and um, said, in 2019, you know, do you want to go on MasterChef? And I said, um, I panicked and I said, look, I'm blind and I can't cook. <laughs> and they went, okay, and then left me alone. And then in 2020, I get another call inviting me to join the series. And I said, look, I'm still blind. <laughs> And I still can't cook. But this time they insisted and as we went down to London and I was sitting on Oxford Street and I suddenly thought, Amr, you know, you always say yes to things like what's stopping you from, from doing it? So I said yes and everything was fine until they announced the filming schedule. You know, they'd given me yeah. three weeks to prepare. Right. And in that three weeks I had to go from barely cooking anything to MasterChef level. <laughs> and uh, so my, my PA, bless him, he's in the audience, Matt. <laughs> hey, Matt. Have the legs recovered? He, he can't drive. So he cycled to the uh, supermarket and uh, brought me tons of food and right. whilst I'd be researching and doing my homework. And um, I got myself into a massive panic thinking this isn't going to work. Um, but, you know, in the end, it was, it was great. Um, I didn't see any problems. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for anyone to go, if someone said, you gotta, I've got to be on MasterChef in three weeks' time, I would absolutely have a meltdown. I wouldn't be able to, I definitely wouldn't be able to do it. And I, you know, I cook a bit, but I wouldn't, I, I don't want to. But <clears throat> you say that, though, <clears throat> like, I mean, I'm blind and I couldn't cook. <laughs> yeah. But it is amazing, like, you know, in life, when you... Um, you know, when you have to do something, you do it, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that's true of everyone, though. I, don't, I, think, that's, I think that's you. 
I mean, it's it's good advice, and this, people should do it. But it, but you know, it's it's obvious for you. The challenge is, you know, it's just challenge accepted, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, I guess I've just got that mindset. Yeah, but I've I've realised that you know, no matter what challenge you face in life, the best thing to see a, a challenge or an obstacle is that it's it it's it's an opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity with a little bit of a grumpy face on it, you know. <laughs> but um, by having a positive mindset, it's really, really helped me, you know, with everything that I've done. Yeah. And so on MasterChef, <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 it took me 10 minutes to peel an onion first. So I got a sack of onions and I started um, peeling them, chopping them, and I got it down to about half a minute. And the best thing was, because I didn't need to see my fingers, I was actually one of the last ones out of all of us, you know, to make any mistakes and cut myself. And because uh, I learned to like roll my f- fingers back. So the knife would hit the knuckles, uh, the flat of the knife would hit the knuckles, but everyone was getting freaked out because I'd be looking at them while my fingers were going <laughs> up full speed, you know? Um, Psyching them out. That's it. Um, <laughs> But but I it was terrifying, but it was it was such an incredible experience, you know. Um I just couldn't believe like I was in a you know professional situation. You know, I was we were cooking in um restaurants and we, we went and we cooked in canteens. You know, in like in MasterChef you cook for two hundred people. So we cooked for all these guys and then there I was serving the food, you know, and I just had this totally out of body experience where I just didn't feel blind because I'd say hi would you like chicken would you like potatoes with that there you go <laughs> until um I said hi what would you like and uh, Gethin Jones who was uh, next to me goes Amr there's nobody there <laughs> you must be blind you know and um but but you know often people do think that you know I am sighted like you know, I, I live in Leeds, uh, actually. And uh, do, does anybody go out to Greek Street? I've had, woo, I've had many a good night on Greek Street, right? But um, whenever I go into bars, like um, some girl will come up to me and say, look, that's not nice what you're doing. Um, and by the way, I'm not doing anything. Time, you know? <laughs> um, and I'll be like, sorry, what? And they'll be like, oh, you know, pretending that you're blind. They do say that. Yeah. And, you know, I end up having to say, look, it's not nice what you're doing. And they're like, what? Pretending that you're a young woman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can take the wig off. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that is, it is, but I suppose that's testament to how much, you know, you're, you're that you're joining in and not looking as pe- as people again imagine uh, or assume that a blind person should act, I suppose. So you sh- you are educating people by that, even though even though it's a, you know, there's that moment of nastiness, I suppose, where you have to educate them by telling them that they're being dicks. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but it's you know, but it but it's it is a testament to the fact that you know that you're subverting the stereotypes that they, those people expect. Yeah, I suppose they don't expect that. But you know, recently I went for a cataracts operation, and I said to the surgeon you know, please don't cure my sight because I'll lose my USP. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't know, I probably can see right now. (laughs) 
I'm just pretending. Well, you know, you don't know. It could be the greatest hoax perpetuated, <laughs> but it's going to come out in well, 20 actually, years' time. <clears throat> actually, I did a programme, um, you know, with the BBC where they, they actually thought that I was sighted. Right. So, um, you know, it was, uh, what was it, Travelling Blind? Yeah. At Sarah Pasco. And so me and Sarah, we went to Turkey and she was my eyes and I don't know why I was of hers, mm. a bit on the side. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I was showing her how I travel as a blind person and suddenly, like, um, after we filmed it and the rushes went back to the, um, the BBC, they said, oh, my God, he doesn't look blind. <laughs> we need to do something about it. <laughs> you know? So uh, when I came back to Leeds, they took me to Harewood House and I know, uh, and they made me run into a barrier. <laughs> Can you believe it? They made me run into a barrier, BBC, you did. Wow. If this ever gets published. So it was funny because, um, so my personal trainer was behind me running. Yeah. And he was saying, okay, Amar, you're coming up to the barrier. Three, two, one. And my hands would come up, you know. <laughs> so it looked like I could see what I'm doing. Right. And then the producer, like, winked at my personal trainer and said, look, don't tell him this time. <laughs> and I ran right into the barrier. So it does get me into trouble. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm the BBC into trouble now. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's good. And so you don't sound like you're from Leeds originally. Do not. <laughs> yes. What, what brought you to this wonderful city that I'm coming to think isn't as awful as... <laughs> it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like the people in the bar think, saying, why do why, you live in Leeds? I mean, I know you can't see it, so it's fine, but it's, why, why, why do you... Why, what's brought you to Leeds? Well, I was just heading out for a pint of milk and I <laughs> took the wrong road. No, after I graduated from Strathclyde Uni in Glasgow, I applied for so many jobs and I got refused and the only people that hired me as a graduate accountant was um, BT Selma in Leeds. Right. So I started off as an accountant at the Arlington Business Centre, you know, near the White Rose Shopping Centre. <laughs> so if any of you were there in um, 98 till 2001, you probably saw a crazy blind guy walking around <laughs> thinking he's sexy. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, look, what is there anything coming up that we don't know about? Is there anything you can talk about that's, that you're doing? I mean, you're always doing something. So, are you, are you... I've got um, I've got quite a bit of TV coming up. Yeah. Um, some I can't say, um, but I've, I'm doing quite a lot of the one show films at the moment. Right. Um, I guess in the next week, I've, I went down to Brighton um, to film this uh, old blind veteran lady she was 104 right and she was amazing so she's almost like twice your age <laughs> and and uh i know it's hard to imagine someone could be twice your age Richard. i'm only joking i'm, I'm no accountant but yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah she was amazing she was 104 and I was like, you've just moved, you know, houses and you're, you're in this new centre. How do you find it? She goes, I love it. You know, I've got my eye on this young man. He's only 92 years old, <laughs> you know. And she was just incredible, you know. So you do these amazing films and, you know, it, it made me feel really good, you know. Yeah. It really inspired me. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of one-show films that are happening at the moment. 
and um, some other TV stuff that I'm working on. Yeah, and I mean, you've you've done TED talks and and all the and all these sort of things as well, wouldn't you? So you you sort of keep. Have you have you have you written a book? Are you going to or are you going to write a book? I'm I'm in the process of writing a book, yeah. but um, it's a very slow process, isn't it? It is difficult. Yeah, I might need your help on it. Okay, I've I've done about fifteen of them, but you know it's not that exactly. <laughs> Well, but a lot of them are just stupid questions. To be fair, so. <laughs> well, if, if that works, maybe it I need works. to. Well, do you know who's helping me actually? No, um, Edwina Curry. Right. You know Edwina, right? She's my bestie. <laughs> like, she is absolutely honestly. Like, I'm not. In, I'm not into the politics, but she is really cool. Honestly, because we went to pilgrimage. We did oh, yes, um, right, BBC's yeah. pilgrimage, and um, Edwina was there. And she'd always come down. She goes, you need to write a book. And every time at breakfast, she actually um, gave me a title of the next chapter. Okay. So I've got eight chapters, titles from Edwina Curry. Right. And she calls me up. I know it's so bizarre, isn't it? But Edwina calls me up almost every few weeks saying, right, how far have you got with the book? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's a slow process. Yeah. Um, I, I sound like Corrine, don't I? <laughs> but I'm hoping that my book is as good as Corrine's music when it well, eventually comes out. Dream on is what I'd say. So uh, <laughs> it's... Um... <laughs> well, that's... I, I can understand that, Rich, because uh, I know that you won't be able to visualise all the beautiful descriptions. <laughs> Oh, look, it's it's such an absolute pleasure to meet you, and there, I mean, there's so much more we could. You must, we we'll, we'll must, you must come in again because there's loads more we could talk about. But I'm going to let you go. Uh, so thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up, the amazing Amal Latif. Oh, thank you so much for coming, you. everyone. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I love you all. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Rahalastabar with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Amma Latif. Scant regard are providing the music I'm indebted to. Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you also to Ben Evans. Uh, he's fantastic. Thank you to Beck Cliff, my tour manager who got me to this gig. It could never have happened if it wasn't for her. Thanks to George Lingford, who did fuck all to get me to this gig, but it was nice to see him when we got there. Thank you to everyone at the Leeds City Variety. For looking after us so nicely and thank you to everyone in the audience what a brilliant crowd you were this is a sky potato first on gofasterstripe.com production this message comes from bof sponsor ebay you'll know real when you get it it'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>